welcome to Reading with Christine Figs. I'm your host, Christine, and I am so happy you are here with me today. Wow, it's been a bit since I've been able to sit down and record one of these episodes, but that doesn't mean that I haven't been reading. It's just that life has been busy, (laughs) so busy, but also ridiculously good. But anyway, let's get on to the reason why we're all here. In this episode, I'll be talking about my most recent read, The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. I swallowed this book whole. (laughs) And uh, if I'm going to be honest, it did bring up some stuff that I didn't want to think about. So let's dive into it. The description goes like this. When a fake relationship between scientists meets the irresistible force of attraction, it throws one woman's carefully calculated theories on love into chaos. As a third year PhD candidate, Olive Smith doesn't believe in lasting romantic relationships but her best friend does, and that's what's got her into this situation. Convincing Anne that Olive is dating and well on her way to a happily ever after was always going to take more than hand-wavy Jedi mind tricks. Scientists require proof. So like any self-respecting biologist, Olive panics and kisses the first man she sees. That man is none other than Adam Carlson a young hotshot professor and well-known ass, (laughs) which is why Olive is positively floored when Stanford's reigning lab tyrant agrees to keep her charade a secret and be her fake boyfriend. But when a big science conference goes haywire, putting Olive's career on the Bunsen burner, Adam surprises her again with his unyielding support and even more unyielding six-pack abs. (laughs) Suddenly, their little experiment feels dangerously close to combustion, and Olive discovers that the only thing more complicated than a hypothesis on love is putting her own heart under the microscope. All right, this book is adorable. (laughs) It really, truly feels like a Hallmark movie. Okay, maybe a little bit spicier than the average Hallmark movie. (laughs) Olive is amazing, absolutely brilliant, essentially married to her work and incredibly loyal to her closest friends. So when the opportunity arises for her best friend to start dating someone Olive once dated briefly, she'll go to any lengths to make sure her best friend gets her happy ending. Even if that means forming a fake relationship with the guy everyone hates, who also happens to be really kind and sweet to our Olive. Is the plot incredibly predictable from the very beginning? Yes. (laughs) Literally on page one, I could tell where the story was going but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the ride the entire time I was on it. Olive feels relatable, and there were so many times she made me laugh out loud with her inner thoughts, not to mention her friends felt like my friends by the end of the book. Olive also represented a branch of the LGBTQIA community that very rarely gets represented, asexual. For anyone that doesn't know, asexuality is the lack of sexual attraction to others or low or absent interest in or desire for sexual activity. As with most sexual identities, that definition doesn't exactly apply to everyone that identifies as asexual, but it is the broadest definition. And it was amazing to read from Olive's perspective. She was someone who rarely had sexual desires, but when she really trusted someone and felt that connection with them, then she absolutely was sexually attracted to them. (laughs) It was great to read and added to the overall diversity of the characters. The book really was so much fun. That is until, for me, it wasn't. The book is awesome, and I highly recommend it to everyone that loves contemporary romance. It's well-written and definitely keeps you on your toes while rooting for our main characters the entire time. 
But for me, the whole trope of grumpy sunshine hit a little close to home. For anyone that doesn't know what a trope is, it's when a plot device or character attribute is used so commonly in the genre that it's seen as commonplace or conventional. Basically, in romance novels, some popular ones are friends to lovers, where longtime friends eventually become lovers. The same goes for enemies to lovers, which is pretty popular. There are so many tropes in the literary world, and the more that you read, the more you begin to see them and figure out which ones make you the most excited. In this book, there's actually a few tropes, but one is the grumpy sunshine trope. Adam, our eternal grumpy pants, is with our eternal sunshine, Olive. It technically shouldn't work. He's kind of an asshole and she's pure warmth, but it does work. And it definitely reminded me of the last time I fell in love. I won't go so far as to say I'm eternal sunshine. I know my bitchy side too well to ever say that. But the last man I loved while having a bit of sunshine himself, just like Adam does with Olive, rarely shared that side with other people, showing the rest of the world his grumpy attitude, leaving everyone I know and everyone Olive knows to ask the same question. Him? So reading this book, it just put me in shoes I know I haven't grown out of. And once I, I really hate to admit are still too painful. Reading as these two try to figure out what's happening between them and understanding Olive a little too well while she tries to understand why he's one way with her and a different way with the rest of the world, it just hit too close to home for me. I'll be even more honest to say that while I spent the first half of the book speed reading because I enjoyed it so much, the second half took a little longer because it kept making me go down my own memory lane. I hate when books do that. And when I say I hate it, I also mean the opposite (laughs) because both things can be true. It further shows the magic of books, of storytelling. It reminds us that authors can help heal parts of us that are still hurting. They can make us feel seen, and they can remind us of moments that are long gone. Reading really is just magic. I've added the love hypothesis to my online shop, Reading with Christine Figs. The link is in my bio, um, just in case, you know, if I've made you want to read it. (laughs) I can't recommend it enough if you're looking for something lighthearted. But the truth is, you very well might want to fall in love with someone while reading this. Which brings me to the next portion of this episode. For today's art, I will be sharing five songs that talk about wanting to be in love. First up, we have the absolute classic, I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. (laughs) Everyone can sing along when they hear those famous words. So when the night falls, my lonely heart calls, I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody with somebody who loves me. It's a classic, we all know it. Next up is I Don't Know You Yet by Alexander 23. This one grabs you right from the beginning when it starts off with, how can you miss someone you've never met? Cause I need you now, but I don't know you yet. But can you find me soon because I'm in my head? I need you now, but I don't know you yet. I love those lines because it always makes me think of wanting to have that person, but you just haven't even met them yet. All right, third on our list is the one that always makes me cry. Okay, it's Need Somebody by Mary J. Blige. Her singing on this is stunning, and I swear you'll feel it in your soul when she says, you try hard to keep it. I'm sorry, you try hard to hide it. Try hard to keep it all in. Well, I found you out, discovered your secrets, and honey, it ain't a sin that you need someone to love you. You need someone to hold you. Next is the insanely popular, 
That's What I Want by Little Nas X. I don't think you could listen to current music from the last year and not know this song. He sings, these days I'm way too lonely. I'm missing out, I know. These days I'm way too alone. And I'm known for giving love away. But I want someone who loves me. I need someone who needs me. Because it don't feel right when it's late at night and it's just me and my dreams. So I want someone to love. That's what I fucking want. Sometimes it's hard to read these lyrics because my brain instantly starts singing them. (laughs) All right. Last one on our list for today is Someone to You by Banners. It's so upbeat and fun, you'll almost forget how good the lyrics are because you'll be bopping around to the music. Like the verse that goes, I don't even need to change the world. I'll make the moon shine just for your view. I'll make the starlight circle the room. And if you feel like night is falling, I want to be the one you're calling. Because I believe that you could lead the way. I just want to be somebody to someone. All right. I've added all of these songs to our Reading with Christine Figs playlist on Spotify and Apple Music. In case you'd like to check them out. And I hope you will. They're all really amazing. And I swear that last one really will make you want to (laughs) dance. All right, my loves. That's all for now. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and you stay tuned for the next one where I talk about my current read, The Somerset Girls by Lori Foster. So until next time, I hope you read. And if you can't, because that's just how life goes sometimes, I hope you enjoy some art in whatever form you find it. Because when life gets difficult, it is art in all of its many forms that can hold us, heal us, and give us hope. I love you all. Happy reading.